0: Jesus describes baptism as new birth.
1: Dr. Richard Davenport, author of the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, studying the sacrament throughout Scripture. As big a deal as your own birth was, this should be that much and more. Learn more about this new Bible study, The Baptismal River, at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. After Jesus heals a man who is both deaf and dumb, the crowds who had brought the man to him, begging that he lay a hand on him, they were astonished beyond measure, it says there in Mark chapter 7. He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Welcome back to Issues, Etc., coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. It's time to look forward to Sunday morning. According to the one-year lectionary, the 12th Sunday after Trinity, Pastor Peter Bender joins us. He is pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex, Wisconsin and director of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. Peter, welcome back.
2: Good to be with you, Todd.
1: What is the overall theme of this coming Sunday?
2: This Sunday speaks about the miracle of faith that comes by hearing the Word of God. You could call the theme the power of the Word of God to create faith, something along those lines. you got the Word of God, which is all-sufficient when it is spoken. It doesn't simply tell us information. It gives and does what it says, like at creation, let there be light, and there was light. But here in this Sunday, that Word of God that gives what it says is the Word of God that creates faith, where there is no faith, brings the light of faith where there's the darkness of unbelief, the light of repentance where there's the darkness of impenitence. So it's really the miracle of faith that comes by hearing the word of God. So one of the epistle options for the day is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's why the hymn of the day is 545 out of LSB, word of God come down on earth. And this is a great hymn. It emphasizes the connection between the oral proclamation of God's word, by which all things were created and came into being and so forth, and the eternal word of the Father, namely the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. The very content of the oral word is none other than the eternal word of the Father himself. So you can hear those themes in the hymn of the day, Word of God come down on earth, living rain from heaven descending. Touch our hearts and bring to birth faith and hope and love unending. Word almighty, we revere you. Word made flesh, we long to hear you. So you see, it makes those connections, the proclamation of the oral word with the content of that oral word which is none other than the eternal word of the Father. It also mentions in that first verse touch, you know, so in the gospel for the day Jesus is going to take his fingers and touch the ears of the deaf mute. He's going to put spittle on his fingers from his tongue and he's going to touch the tongue of the deaf mute. Then he will sigh, "Ephatha, be opened. And by the miracle of that word, faith is created. So the hymn of the day goes on. Word eternal throned on high. Word that brings to life creation. Word that came from heaven to die. Crucified for our salvation. Saving word. The world restoring. Speak to us, your love outpouring. Word that caused blind eyes to see. Speak and heal our mortal blindness. Deaf we are. Our healer be loose, our tongues to tell your kindness be our word in pity spoken. Heal the world by sin now broken. So, this idea then of the blind eyes seeing that echoes the Old Testament reading for the day, and the second option on the epistle for the day, where we speak about with the mouth we confess the salvation that we believe in, in Jesus Christ, that here is spoken of also in stanza three. And then finally, stanza four, word that speaks God's tender love, one with God beyond all telling, word that sends us from above, God the Spirit with us dwelling, word of truth to all truth lead us, word of life with one bread feed us. So this is a great stanza too because as it concludes, it does what preaching is supposed to do in the line of direction, the divine service. The preaching leads us to contrition, repentance, the miracle of faith, to then hunger and thirst for Jesus' body and blood in the sacrament. So, great hymn of the day for this theme, the miracle of faith. And then Our catechism connections for the day we can go in a lot of different directions but there's all a common theme about this miracle of faith so third article of the Creed I believe in the Holy Spirit and in the catechism we say I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him but the Holy Spirit has called me to faith by the gospel where there is no faith he calls to faith out of nothing or the third commandment, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Catechism says we should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred. Gladly hear and learn it. Or the first petition of the Lord's Prayer, the hallowing power, the sanctifying power of God's word. God's word, God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we as the children of God also lead Holy lives, according to it. And then I think it's significant to talk about baptism because baptism is the sacrament whereby faith is created. And so by water and the word. And so Jesus takes spittle and he puts it on the man's tongue. And then where did that spittle come from? It came from Jesus' mouth into the mouth of the deaf mute. And Ephetha be open. So how can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the Word of God in and with the water does these things. So lots of, these are just a few, you know, scattering, kind of surveying the catechism, but uh, there's lots of connections that can be made. And I, I think it's really good for the pastor to do that. So he doesn't reserve these catechism connections just for a catechism class or an adult catechesis class, but he makes them throughout the life of his preaching of God's word to the whole congregation.
1: What is the collect for this coming Sunday?
2: Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises and finally attain your heavenly glory through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever amen so the phrase true and laudable service what is it true and laudable service is worship and such worship of the Lord is faith in Christ which is God's gift alone so by your gift alone your faithful people render true and laudable service so By your gift alone, we come to faith. By your gift alone, we worship, we yearn to desire Christ, to receive every grace and blessing. So faith in Christ or worship of God or service is a life lived, as the collect says, according to God's promises. So help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises, and finally attain to your heavenly glory. So the culmination of this life of faith or worship or service is heavenly glory in Christ. So what I think is significant about the collect is that while in the gospel for the day, you have someone who by his malady, deaf and mute, seems to have absolutely no faith at all and therefore no ability to confess Christ, and then he's brought to the miracle of faith. We recognize in the collect for the day that that miracle of faith created by the Word of God is an ongoing miracle in the life of the church and of every individual Christian. In other words, it's not as if we weren't a believer, we came to faith, we were converted once upon a time, now we no longer need the Word of God, but that the Word of God continually is spoken to us to continue the miracle of faith. and. As we have had conversations in the past, Todd, we've noted that what catechesis is all about is creating faith. It's about conversion from unbelief to faith in Christ. This too is picked up in the baptismal life question in the catechism under baptism, that the old Adam should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires so that the new man comes forth and arises by the power of the gospel. That's an ongoing conversion. So we have the ongoing struggle with the old Adam who is an unbeliever, and we must be converted again and again and again. And that's what it means to live in daily contrition and repentance. The collect really kind of all-encompassing, overarching way focuses upon those things. What's the introit? The introit. Selected verses from Psalm 70. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be put to shame and confusion who seek my life. Let them be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my hurt. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. You are my help and my deliverer, O Lord, do not delay. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. So we might ask the question on the basis of these verses from Psalm 70, who seeks to destroy my life as a Christian? Well, the devil does. He wants to devour faith, to destroy faith, to keep me from Christ. The world, which is allied with the devil, wants to destroy my life in Christ, and the enemy from within, the old Adam himself there are people, there are individuals who fight against faith, but they aren't our real enemies. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against thrones and dominions and principalities and the powers of darkness. So those are the real enemies. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. That petition asserts that all such salvation from all of those enemies to faith is in the Lord alone. So to seek the Lord is this movement of faith, the Christian faith, away from self-reliance to reliance upon Jesus, to seek the Lord away from self to reliance upon Jesus. And such seeking results in, as the psalm indicates, rejoicing and gladness of heart, free from fear and worry as we rest in the sure and certain promises of the Lord in His life-giving, faith-creating Word.
1: Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. We're looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary. The Alleluia verse and the gospel reading from Mark 7 is next. How do the global flood, circumcision, and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness foreshadow the baptismal flood in Christ? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. This new Bible study is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040. Or find out more about The Baptismal River at IssuesETC.org. The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture.
3: The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's Life Ministry is thousands of people sharing Christ's love and mercy and giving witness to our Lord's creation of life, His design for marriage and the family, and the God-given value of all human life from conception to natural death. Working with many partners, LCMS Life Ministry sponsors human care efforts that meet the needs of body and soul and provides resources and educational events for all ages. To learn more, email ministry at lcms.org and visit lcms.org slash life.
1: Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now.
3: For your next family vacation, consider Our Beach House. A charming three-bedroom vacation rental on beautiful Siesta Key. Just off Sarasota, Florida, Siesta Key Beach, consistently voted America's best, is just 100 steps away. Whether you're watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico or frolicking in the warm surf, you and your family will fall in love with Siesta Key. Check us out at siestakeyrentalgenie.com or call Virginia at 941-266-1858
1: welcome back pastor peter bender of the concordia catechetical academy is our guest we're looking forward to sunday morning according to the one-year lectionary i'm todd wilkin this is issues etc peter where do we find the alleluia verse for this coming sunday
2: the alleluia verse is psalm 81 verse 1 alleluia Sing to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Alleluia. So, God our strength, that phrase reminds us of the sufficiency of our God to save. And God our strength, the sufficiency of our God to save, is at the same time a renunciation of self-reliance, which cannot save. So, God is our strength, we're not. You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing, we say with the psalmist. So, sing aloud and shout for joy to the God of Jacob is the character of the life of faith in God's promises, which are sure and certain promises. They are absolute. He does not revoke those promises when he makes them to us. They are the promises which both create faith and that to which faith clings. So, the God of Jacob, then, brings to mind both God's promises and his faithfulness to his people, even though, like Jacob, his people often wrestle with him and so forth. He holds on to them with his promises, and they hold on to him by faith in those promises. So that is the uh, setup, then, for the gospel for the day from Mark 7, the healing of the deaf mute.
1: Read that for us and then take us into it.
2: Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Ephatha, that is, be opened. So there is that performative speech, isn't it? And, and I think the preacher has got to emphasize that on this Sunday, the performative speech of the Lord. I mentioned earlier the word of God at creation, let there be light. When there was no light out of nothing, ex nihilo, out of nothing, God created light by a word, and he creates life by a word. ephetha be opened, and that man's heart was opened to faith, and his ears were opened to the word, and his mouth was opened to confess. So, going back to the beginning of this gospel reading, Todd, Tyre and Sidon is the Canaanite region north of Galilee, sometimes known as Phoenicia. It would be present-day Lebanon. And then the region of the Decapolis, which means ten cities, is east of the Sea of Galilee. And both are predominantly Gentile regions. So he's going from Tyre and Sidon, northwest of Galilee, down to the Sea of Galilee, on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, the eastern side. So these are Gentile regions. And so what does that illustrate for us? The idea that Jesus didn't just preach to the Jews, but he preached to the Gentiles as well, to the Canaanites. Deaf, mute. In the gospel from ESV, it's said that he has an impediment in his speech. I like the old language, a deaf mute. One word, mute, describes the fact that he couldn't speak. He couldn't speak because he couldn't hear. The malady of being deaf and mute is the perfect physical illustration, if you will, or manifestation of humanity's spiritual condition apart from the miracle of faith. And that's why. I centered in our catechism connections on the third article of the Creed. I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. Called me to what? Called me to repentance and faith. So ears equal the organ of faith in this gospel that receives the Word of God. So in the epistle for the day, faith comes by hearing. Mouth or tongue equals the capacity then to confess the word or confess the faith of the heart so the two go together. My teacher, Dr. Corby used to say, the word of God enters into the ear and it plants into the heart and it creates faith and out of the heart, the mouth then speaks the glory of Jesus Christ. So that's what it is. I believe, St. Paul says, therefore have I spoken. So I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ and my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me to this faith by the gospel." It illustrates that catechism very well. He needs to hear the Word of God, or there can be no faith. But he doesn't even have the ability to hear the Word of God, and I think that's a, a significant aspect of the malady in this particular miracle of Jesus, because you could say, Well, at least he had perfect hearing as if his perfect hearing, that's what I have. I I have the ability to hear and therefore I have the ability to receive the word of God. But in the case of this fellow, he didn't even have the equipment necessary to hear the word of God, which was necessary to bring him to faith. So the word of God creates the capacity to receive the word of God, which alone creates faith, if you can say it that way. Then what does Jesus do? I, I think that Everything that he does physically is so lovely. He takes his fingers and he puts his fingers in the man's ear. I'm reminded about how Jesus talked about by the finger of God, a reference to the Holy Spirit. Satan, the demons, are cast out. So here Jesus takes his fingers and puts them in the ears of this deaf mute. And then spittle, water from his mouth to the man's tongue. Unbelievable. I mean, talk about politically incorrect. There's no social distancing here whatsoever. This is an intimate connection with this guy. Fingers in the ear spit on the man's tongue, from Jesus' tongue to the man's tongue. And then he sighs, a reference to the Holy Spirit, and he prays to the Father, So here you've got the Son praying to the Father in the power of the Spirit, and he speaks Ephatha. So there is a lovely Trinitarian shape to this miracle in the physical gestures, fingers, spittle, prayer to the Father, sighing. And so you can see the baptismal connection Baptism is not just plain water, but it is the water included in God's command and combined with God's word. How can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things. So the miracle is the creation, not simply of hearing and not simply of speaking, but the miracle of the creation of faith by the word of Jesus, out of which the word of the gospel is confessed with the mouth so out of the faith of the heart created by the word the man confesses his tongue was loosed great word it's not only in the english it's in the greek his tongue was loosed it was untied tongue tied he was tongue tied no longer that is to say he was set free from the bondage to sin and unbelief and faith confesses then with clarity That's what it says. He spoke clearly. The Christian faith is not gibberish. It is a mystery in the sense of the mystery of God's love, but it is not irrational. God the Father sent his only begotten Son who became one with our flesh and blood. The sin of the world was imputed to him. My sin was imputed to him. He died my death under the condemnation of the law. He took away my sin he made atonement for it and therefore he rises from the dead the third day to justify me with a word i forgive you all your sins so the christian faith is not gibberish we confess with our mouth jesus is son of god savior he's redeemed me with his holy precious blood with his innocent suffering and death that i may be his own and in this gospel reading those who witness the miracle And the gift of salvation cannot help but speak of it to others. Jesus' words notwithstanding, don't say anything about this, they cannot help but speak of it. Now, I think this is interesting, isn't it? You know, Jesus says, don't say anything about this. You know, he says this elsewhere until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Sometimes he says they weren't always ready quite yet to speak in great detail what Jesus did and what it all meant. But in this case, you do see that phenomenon that when people encounter the grace of God, the miracles of faith and are set free from the bondage to sin and death, they cannot help but speak of it. So notice that all glory is given then to Jesus. He has done all things well. He makes even the deaf to hear and the mute to speak.
1: I'm Todd Wilkin. You're connected to Issues, cetera. We're looking forward to Sunday morning according to the one-year lectionary with Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. You can watch Pastor Bender's teaching, Making the Case for a Dying Man's Consolation, and all of the presentations from this year's Making the Case Conference. We'll send you a link, username, and password to video and audio recordings for a $300 donation by Labor Day. You can order by giving us a call, 618 223 8385, or at issuesetc.org. We'll get into the Old Testament reading in Isaiah 29, beginning at verse 17, next. The free online Issues Etc. journal. Just click the red journal subscription button at issuesetc.org.
0: To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org.
1: Located in our west of Chicago, Sycamore is home to St. John Lutheran Church, a confessional liturgical congregation faithfully delivering our Lord's gracious gifts. As repentant sinners clothed in the righteousness of Christ, we worship, study, pray, eat, and fellowship together. Join us on Sundays at 9 a.m. for the Divine Service. To learn more, visit us on the web at stjohnsycamore.org.
3: Is your child struggling at school? Are you thinking about homeschooling? Would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it? The Simply Classical Curriculum from Memoria Press provides an enriching, step-by-step, classical Christian education for students who have autism, learning or behavioral difficulties, ADHD, and more. You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR 23 to save on your order. Simplyclassical.com.
0: Grace, faith, scripture, and Christ alone. You're listening to Issues Etc.
1: Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Concordia Lutheran, Geneseo, Illinois, Good Shepherd Lutheran, Marshall, Minnesota. Emmanuel Lutheran, Bosher City, Louisiana. Memorial Lutheran, Houston, Texas. Our Savior Lutheran, Milford, Illinois. Redeemer Lutheran, Lawrence, Kansas. St. John Lutheran, Mayville, Wisconsin. St. Paul Lutheran, Long Beach, California. Trinity Lutheran, Millstadt, Illinois. And Zion Lutheran, Pleasant Plains, Illinois. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Welcome back. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. We're looking forward to Sunday morning according to the One Year Lectionary. The Old Testament reading for this coming Sunday is Isaiah 29, verses 17 through 24. Take us into it.
2: Is it not yet a very little while until Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be regarded as a forest? In that day the deaf shall hear the words of a book. And out of their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord, and the poor among mankind shall exalt in the Holy One of Israel. For the ruthless shall come to nothing, and the scoffer cease, and all who watch to do evil shall be cut off, who by a word make a man out to be an offender, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, and with an empty plea turn aside him who is in the right. Therefore thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham, concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall no more be ashamed, no more shall his face grow pale, for when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will sanctify my name, they will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and will stand in awe of the God of Israel. And those who go astray in spirit will come to understanding, and those who murmur will accept instruction. This is the word of the Lord. Now, verses 18 and the first part of 19 really grab the theme for the day in terms of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In that day, the deaf shall hear the words of a book out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind shall see, the meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord." And all this by a word. So at the beginning of this Old Testament reading, the reference to Lebanon being turned into a fruitful field is seen in how this Gentile region from Phoenicia, Tyre, and Sidon down through the Decapolis, the other side of the Sea of Galilee, receives Jesus in his ministry and in the proclamation of his word which is in the gospel for the day. And, of course, that then foreshadows how after Jesus' ascension, the word of the gospel shall be carried into all lands to make many deaf to hear and many mute to speak. So the Old Testament reading talks about the spread of faith through the word of the gospel. In that day, the deaf shall hear the words of a book and out of their gloom, the gloom and darkness of sin and unbelief and despair, the eyes of the blind shall see the glory of God's eternal love and salvation in the righteousness of Christ. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord. I love that expression because it's the renewal of faith. We hear about it in David's great Psalm, restore to me the joy of your salvation, the fresh joy of having sin forgiven and consciences comforted and consciences cleansed. And the poor among mankind shall exalt in the Holy One of Israel. So the entire Old Testament reading really illustrates the power of the word to save and to comfort and to uphold and to give sight and to give hearing and to restore the joy of salvation. And by that word, here's our connection to the first petition of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name. By that word, we are sanctified. Third commandment also, the Sabbath day. It is the Word of God, which is the only holy thing that we have, and it sanctifies whatever it comes in contact with. So there is then you know, a strong emphasis upon the restoration to the family of faith, those who had gone astray, and that comes at the very end of this. You know, They will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and will stand in awe of the God of Israel, and those who go astray in spirit will come to understanding. I think that's so very comforting for those who have had loved ones, who have wandered from the faith, to know that wherever the word of God is preached, there is the possibility for those who have gone astray to be returned to understanding, to repentance and faith.
1: The gradual?
2: The gradual is from Psalm 34, verses 1 and 2. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord, let the humble hear and be glad. So in the gradual, which takes place between the Old Testament reading and the epistle, we anticipate the song or the confession of the deaf-mute in the gospel for the day. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I would venture to say that after that deaf mute was healed by Jesus, was brought to this miracle of faith, tasted, if you will, the joy of salvation in the Lord that he couldn't stop praising the Lord continually, confessing with his mouth all that Jesus had done for him. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad, the gradual says. So this means that the song of faith is also in our mouth and upon our lips. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This song is sung by the humble who boast, not in themselves, but only in the Lord. So that's the simple Psalm 34, one and two that serves as the gradual for the day. Or we could pray Psalm 146, another song of praise to Yahweh, to the God of our salvation. And it is an extended version, if you will, of the themes emphasized in the gradual. So Psalm 146 starts with verse eight as an antiphon, and it reads this way. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. So you can see in the antiphon, it echoes the Old Testament for the day of the opening of the eyes of the blind. And he loves the righteous which means he loves those who have been justified by faith in Christ through the word of forgiveness. And then the psalm goes on, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul! I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day his plans perish. So man can't save himself. Apart from God, there's no life in him. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. So you see in those verses from Psalm 146, not only do we have our life from God, If our breath departs, we return to the earth. But our blessedness is in the God of Jacob. That is to say, in the promises of the gospel. And our hope is in the Lord, the one who not only created, made heaven and earth, who keeps faith forever. That means he is faithful to his promises. And then he executes justice for us in Jesus, in his death upon the cross, and by the word of the gospel declares us righteous. And by that, The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. So, opening the eyes of the blind to faith. It's the same thing as opening the ears of the deaf to faith. And those whom he has opened to faith to hear, to see, to receive, to sing of his salvation, he upholds solideo gloria, to God alone be the glory, for the gift of faith, and who by his word sustains that faith. What a great comfort.
1: Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. We're looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary. We will get into the first of two epistle readings in Second Corinthians next.
0: And remember, our Lord promised us this. He promised us that the world would hate us if we were
1: true to him. San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione, speaking at the 2023 Issues, Etc., Making the Case Conference. He gave us the last beatitude, both in Matthew's version and Luke's version, that we're to rejoice when they ridicule us and utter evil against us unjustly. We're to rejoice. The apostles, in the Acts, they rejoiced that they were able to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. So, it's up to us to keep the flame of faith and true alive in the darkness. The truth cannot be suppressed. Let us be witnesses of that. You can watch and listen to Archbishop Cardilione's presentation, Making the Case for Speaking the Truth to Power, and all of the teachings from this year's conference, for a donation of $300 by Labor Day. It's available via on-demand video streaming or podcast. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by giving us a call, 618-223-8385
0: your daily Lutheran Bible class, you're listening to Issues Etc.
2: It's commonly said that heresies are 90% truth and only 10% wrong, but it's the 10% that subverts all of Christian doctrine and all of Christian teaching by the essential errors that they promote. Well, if you're wondering about heresies, both ancient and modern, you should pick up a copy of the August issue of The Lutheran Witness, where we talk about these heresies, their ancient roots, and how to mark and avoid them. Visit cph.org witness to subscribe, or learn more at our website, witness.lsms.org. Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran
1: perspective. Concordia University Chicago invites all high school students to attend the annual Careers for Christ weekend in person on our beautiful campus in River Forest. Careers for Christ is November 3rd through the 5th. You'll have the opportunity to learn about professional church vocations while having fun with CUC staff, faculty, and students. For more information, visit cuchicago.edu forward slash C, the number 4C. That is cuchicago.edu forward slash C, the number 4C. Baptism is certainly a singular moment in a Christian's life. Coming to the Father, receiving that gift of grace is a life-changing event, but that doesn't mean everything God does in baptism begins and ends in that moment. We state in the Nicene Creed, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We don't get rebaptized because our baptism has stopped working, as if we need to remind God to keep at it. Rather, we are baptized once. And that baptism continues to work throughout the rest of our lives. That's from the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. You'll find this book at our website, issuesetc.org, or call Concordia Publishing House, 1-800-325-3040, 800-325-3040. Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. We're looking forward to Sunday morning according to the one-year lectionary. Peter, how does this first option for the epistle reading, 2 Corinthians 3, verses 4-11, through how does it fit into this week's theme?
2: This is a text from St. Paul that especially highlights the ministry of the Word. So Paul says, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life." He's talking about the Holy Spirit who gives life through the word of the gospel. And he goes on. Now, if the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. This is the word of the Lord. So as I said, Todd, at the outset, Paul is contrasting here the ministry of law and gospel in the proclamation of the word, and he's going back heavily upon the glory of the Old Testament, which he calls the ministry of condemnation, and the glory of the New Testament, which he calls the ministry of the Spirit. So Paul contrasts the ministry of death with the ministry of the Spirit the ministry of law and gospel, if you will. The law kills, but the gospel makes alive. Yet both are glorious and The Old Testament Torah, those five books of Moses, which contained the wonderful ceremonial law with the tabernacle and all of its sacred appointments and sacred services given by God, that had a certain glory, but it was like looking through a glass darkly. It was only provisional. It prepared for the greater weight of glory in Jesus Christ, in the fulfillment of all of those sacrifices in his suffering and death upon the cross, and then in the ministry of the Spirit through the clear proclamation of forgiveness for Jesus' sake. That ministry of the Spirit in the proclamation of the gospel has a far greater glory. Now I think it's important to note that doesn't mean that the Old Testament had no glory or had no salvation, by no means. But it does mean that the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ came into full focus, with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost through the preaching, not of the death of lambs and sheep and goats, but the death of God's only begotten Son. So Christ is the glory of God in his redeeming work, which far surpasses all previous manifestations. And it is that ministry of the Spirit who, by the word of the gospel, creates faith where there is no faith, and the confession of faith where there is no faith, and that we see in the miracle of the healing of the deaf-mute. Now, the alternate epistle is from Romans 10, 9 through 17, and I like to say that this epistle is a classic example of how The apostles, in their epistles, catechize us on the meaning of the words and miracles of Jesus from the gospel. So this epistle catechizes us in the meaning of the miracle of the healing of the deaf mute. And it's almost difficult not to see it. So here's how Paul begins. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now that's verse 9 of Romans 10. If we had used the verse prior to this, it might have even given us a greater context where he says the word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That's from the verses immediately prior to this. And and the preacher is free to look at the context of any reading before he preaches on it. And that context is helpful here. You know, The word is near you. It is in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the fundamental confession, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So the epistle goes on, for with the heart one believes and is justified. This is where we say that the heart is the seat of faith. So, with the heart one believes, who is the object of our faith, Christ. And with the heart one believes and is justified, declared righteous. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Who do we confess? Jesus Christ as Lord. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And you see that in the gospel for the day as Jesus goes from Tyre and Sidon up there in Phoenicia over to the east side of the Sea of Galilee, the region of the Decapolis. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord over all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. And then these series of rhetorical questions Paul asks, beginning with verse 14 and concluding with that famous verse 17, so faith comes from hearing. Paul asks these questions How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? I'm going to keep pausing here. Here's the rhetorical question How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Answer, they cannot. How are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? They cannot. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? They cannot. So, you see, preaching is necessary in order to hear. Hearing is necessary in order to believe. And without faith, without belief in Christ, you cannot and will not call upon him. So then the epistle concludes. How are they to preach? unless they are sent. So there is an office of the ministry, and there is a call and ordination whereby ministers are sent with that word that calls to repentance and gives faith. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of christ this is the word of the lord now todd i did this a little bit different than we usually do i interrupted my reading of romans 10:9 through 17 to catechize and exegete the text those rhetorical questions are just so very powerful that as they illustrate and catechize us in the anatomy of faith why do we call in the name of the lord jesus for salvation we do so because faith has been created in our hearts How has that faith been created in our hearts? By the word of God. How did that word of God come to us? By preachers whom the Lord sent to us. So this wonderful progression that gives all glory to the Lord and his word, which comes to us through preaching to create faith by which we confess, by which we call upon him. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ.
1: How would you summarize this coming Sunday in terms of law and gospel?
2: The law must address, number one, ascribing faith in Christ to anything in our own reason, strength, or powers. So any form of synergism or Pelagianism or semi-Pelagianism whereby we take some kind of credit for ourselves. That's why I made reference with the miracle of the healing of the deaf mute that he couldn't even boast of having ears to hear. His ears didn't work. And so I think that's just a powerful illustration that I cannot in any way, shape, manner, or form by my own reason, strength, or powers come to faith in Christ. So the law must address any of those attempts where we take any credit for ourselves for faith. Number two, and this is related. Any notion that the gift of faith in Christ is not totally dependent upon the Word of God. So, not only are we not to take any credit for it, point number one, but point number two, it is entirely dependent upon the Word. And the Word, which is, the dogmaticians sometimes say, extra nos, you know, outside of ourselves, but then it enters into us through the ear and into the heart to create faith. So the law must address any notion that the gift of faith in Christ is not totally dependent upon the Word. And then number three, the law must address the belief that the Word of God does not have the power to create faith and give salvation, where there's only unbelief and sin, that the Word is somehow simply information, an inert message. It is not inert. You know, as the Apostle says in Hebrews, it is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And that brings us into the gospel for the day. And, And I think I'm guilty of this. Many preachers are, we talk about the gospel rather than proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the word that actually forgives sin and comforts and quickens the heart for Jesus' sake. But I will say this about the unique gospel for the day. Number one, the description of what the gospel does, God's word is the power of God to save and create faith. To have the preacher assert that, God's word really is powerful. It really does save. God's word gives what it says. You know, Be opened is the word of forgiveness in Jesus that creates the miracle of faith. Ephatha, be opened. And you see it's not an empty word, it's a powerful word. Number two, the promise of salvation to those who have been brought to the miracle of faith. It's seen in that second epistle for the day. All who confess Jesus and believe in their hearts that he is risen from the dead shall be saved. That's a promise. So if there's faith, that's a miracle of the Lord. If you confess with your mouth, that's a miracle of the Lord. And the promise is all who believe and confess will be saved. But then just here's here's the word that he speaks. Here's the good news. Come to me. I love you. Come to me, I've died for you. Come to me, I forgive you all your sins. That word is spoken by Jesus into the spiritually deaf and mute, into our ears and into our hearts. It creates faith when and where the Spirit of God pleases in those who hear the word of the gospel. And it's a glorious word. And I think it's helpful if the preacher can sometimes Preach in that way, you know, where it is as if Jesus said to you, do not be afraid. I forgive you, be opened, and by this word I bestow upon you the miracle of faith and every gift of my salvation.
1: Pastor Peter Bender is pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex, Wisconsin. He's also director of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. Peter, thank you.
2: Thank you, Todd.
1: Thursday on Issues Etc., we'll continue our series responding to Roman Catholic proof texts, talking with Dr. Stephen Parks about concupiscence, our inclination to sin, and we'll discuss the rise of witchcraft with Dr. Alan Carlson. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening to Issues Etc.
0: Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.
3: I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted
1: because I'm a part of His family through Jesus' shed blood.
3: Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org Today, with the help of the
1: Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in his ways.